0: Trying to figure out what that sound bite was, but. Just someone yelling, let's go, really loud, like everyone did about an hour ago, a little over an hour ago. Right.
1: Yeah. It was a collective uh, celebration from the University of Oklahoma football fans and, I guess, soccer fans as well, right? As you pointed out, Oklahoma Soccer tweeting out, getting in on the action, which was awesome. Was Peyton awesome. Bowen. So cool. Uh. Flips from Notre Dame to Oregon and then 24 hours later from Oregon to the University of Oklahoma and it's signed still delivered this time Um, it's wrapped up he's in the class Oklahoma as of this moment and I don't know how many players out there across the country are still unsigned and how much movement there can be left in this class but as of right now they're the number 5 class in the country. Maybe they stay there, maybe not, but for the moment they're at number 5 through signing day and that's big time. And whenever you look at this class, as far as the ratings like it's number 5, but for point total, it's got to be one of their highest ever, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the highest uh, recruiting classes in the modern era in terms of on paper and it might be it probably is their best defensive class that they've signed in at least like 10 years maybe even longer than that oh um, it's got to be with the two D-line that you star? got the backers yeah. the secondary yeah yeah two five stars on the same side so this class has a lot of this is the best since you know a, a long time and it's coming off a six and six season yes six and six is not acceptable it cannot be the standard moving forward but in in an odd way it makes this class even more impressive that you had your worst season since 1998 and you were still able to, you know, have this kind of haul. And and, and we're, we're going to be stuck on the top five ranking, and I think that that's notable and that really helps. But just like you said, man, we've been saying all day, up and down, just at every single position on both sides of the ball, but especially defensively, this is a haul, dude. And this is a haul with some – with some body types that you haven't had in a while. You were going on about P.J. Atabare and, like, um, just how long and athletic he is and some of these other guys. Like, they're getting some the, – the overall measurables are a lot more impressive with these defensive guys that they're bringing in. I think that's pretty obvious, too, and very important, by the way.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think um, I think all of that said is, is right, and I think they, they obviously got a bunch of guys in that, it's, it's not just the measurables. It's not just the talent. These guys were hand-picked for a reason. Um, you know, and here's the thing, man. OU fought off. They signed the, the number five class in the country. They fought off having a 6-6 six and six record, and they fought off NIL, right? Yep. Yeah, it's a great point. All right, imagine... Like, the NIL stuff, we'll see where that goes, and maybe you're never going to be able to compete at the upper levels of that. But imagine if this football team had had won the Big 12 this year, you know, and and gathered a bunch of positive attention and momentum throughout the season. Man, you know how hard it is as a recruit, especially a – high four-star or a five-star kid whenever the team that you're committed to is having a bad year and everyone out there wants to jump on board and say how bad they are and how they made the wrong hire and you're dumb if you go to Oklahoma you fight off all of that and you fight off people throwing millions of dollars at, at some of these players Jackson Arnold Peyton Bowen I'm sure others and you fight all of that off and still bring in the class that they did. I think it just goes to show you that Coach Venables' method of not being a transactional relationship and building it personal with these guys and finding the right guys and and you know just doing th- doing things the right way. I it, it's paid off, man, and.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And eventually
1: he's going to get the backing from his football team winning a bunch of games and from the NIL either leveling out, putting some rules and safeguards in there, or Oklahoma, as it looks like there's some consolidation going on in the NIL front, that they're up there to where maybe they're a little bit more competitive than they are right now. So. Like, those things are going to happen, but in the meantime, to be able to fight all that off and land the class that they did is some of the best recruiting that we've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to fight off NIL, like, if you're 6-6 six and six and have a top-five class, well, you can still get there with NIL, but to – and, like, OU uses it, right? But not to the extent of, let's say, Oregon, for example, right? The fact that you won out against that in a lot of circumstances and a lot of peer programs – like, Michigan wanted P.J. Adabare. Georgia wanted P.J. Adabare. Ohio State wanted P.J. Adabare. Everyone wanted Jackson Arnold. Um, we obviously know that Oregon they wanted Pete Bowen. Want they
1: didn't just want them. They're throwing tons of cash at them.
0: Yeah. Macquarie Vickers, What uh, that one was down to OU in Alabama, right? Um, you got some high-level kids in the state of Florida off a bad year. No, it's, it's, a, it's a sign, man, that these kids, the 25 that they got in this class – they, um, they're they're sold on uh, you know what's what's to come here for, for this program. And Tyler, when you think about it that way, it's 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 pretty exciting, man. I mean, it really is.
1: Think about we were talking about the 2019 recruiting class that Lincoln Riley had, um, where you had all the the five star kids at the top. That class is coming off of back to back Heisman Trophy winners and back to back college football playoff appearances. Right. A little bit yep. different than what this class is coming off of, like a shakeup, losing your head coach um, and then going six and six. And two once one season, uh, really subpar and the other one, you know, not not what it was picked to be preseason. Like right? To be able to bring that haul in off of that is absolutely saying something.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, let me read a few paragraphs. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Let me read a few paragraphs, especially for those that didn't hear it, about Peyton Bowen's announcement today. You give me kind of your big takeaway on what he said, and I want the text line to do the same thing, 405-651-3439. Peyton Bowen said this today. As I reflect on yesterday's whirlwind, I recognize that I made some mistakes that I regret and will learn from. Navigating this process has been a roller coaster. With that being said, I also know that I was blessed to be in the position to consider multiple wonderful universities as I continue my football career. Then he goes on and thanks the staff at Oregon, thanks the staff at Notre Dame, and then says, that leads me to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has always felt like home to me reflecting, it seems, if if I was always looking for a reason to branch out and break away from home. But my relationships with Coach Venables, Coach Bates, Coach Villay, Coach Hall, and Coach Chavis, along with my ties to friends and family locally, ultimately led me back to where I always belonged. And then uh, the second-to-last paragraph, he says, Oregon and Notre Dame faithful, I am sorry for how I handled this process, changing my decision on signing day, the hat pump fake, all of it could have been handled better. I can't change what I did, but this experience is something I will learn from. What's your big takeaway from that?
1: Uh, My big takeaway has kind of been the same thing it's been all along. um, And that is that there's a lot of pressure on these kids, um, not just from the schools, but from parents, from friends. From high school teammates, from high school coaches, from social media, from everywhere to make a decision. And a lot of times that pressure wins and guys make a decision which they don't really fully believe in and fully want. And that's frustrating that that's how it is. It shouldn't be that way. It is. these kids have been able to accomplish something special. They now I'm not saying that they don't need help and can't ask for help and guidance from people that maybe know and have been there, but it there's a there's a bunch of wolves out there, man, and they're coming after these kids. Everyone wants a piece of the action. There's times that parents want to make money off of of what these kids may do and where they may want to go. There's handlers. There's all kinds of people that claim to have these players' best interest, and, you know, that's not always the case. And, again, I'm not speaking specifically to the Peyton Bowen, but, I mean, that's just how it goes across the country. There's a
0: 30-for-30 documentary that most of the story is about just that with Marcus Dupree. You know, right, I mean exactly. that was a big yes. part of the story. So it's it this isn't a new thing, it's been going on for decades now in recruiting. Right.
1: Yep. That's right. So I don't know. I'm it sounds like after all that's happened, he's ended up in the the place where he actually wanted to be. So let's hope that's the case.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see, text line, he's a 17-year-old kid. It's really hard to make that decision. It's a life decision. Chuck says, questioned his character after yesterday, gained respect for the young man after his statements, okay? Uh, let's see, it doesn't matter if he gets beat out by, well, hold on, let me, let me point there. Uh Derek, let me read this one. Admitting your mistakes is the biggest hurdle to overcome in becoming a person of integrity. Many just can't do it. Peyton seems like a genuinely good dude who's had everyone he knows yapping in his ear about what to do and tried to appease those voices instead of his own. Welcome to OU, Peyton. That's from Derek. Yeah, if that's really how it went down and his mom was as pro-Notre Dame as people say and he was being pushed towards Oregon or Notre Dame or because of the NIL, you got to commend the kid for putting his foot down at the last minute and making his own decision. And choosing yeah. where he actually wants to go, because it's easy to think that way as a you know forty five year old man. Well, why wasn't he just make his own? Like it's not like you are saying it's not that easy for a seventeen or eighteen year old kid when everyone's pulling at you. So kudos to him if that's really how it played out for making his own decision. Because you know what, man, not every kid makes their own decision. That's, that's right. not always how it goes down.
1: Right, right. That's uh, that's right, and um. I don't know. Fascinated to, at one point, hopefully hear all of the goings-on behind the scenes uh, with the Peyton Bowen saga and, uh, and exactly how it went down. But for right now, just happy
0: to have it, man. Happy to have it. Glad he's here. This, this is, uh, is going to be an all-timer, an all-timer recruiting story. Um, Like, OU all-time recruiting stories. I mentioned Marcus Dupree. That's still definitely, like, an all-time OU recruiting story and how that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Robert Meacham saying that he's 99% OU and then going to Tennessee is is an all-timer. There's been some others that are in that mix, too, but Peyton Bowen will go down as an all-time recruiting story for OU, and thankfully in a good way.
1: Yeah, yeah, in a good way. Let's just hope the saga's over, right? I think it is. Oh, God.
0: Well, he signed. Yeah, he yeah. signed, so it, it at least has to be for the next, uh, what, nine, ten months or so, 11 months, whatever. But, whew. Wow, right. we won't forget about that one anytime soon.
1: No doubt about it. Um, you want to hit a couple text messages before we hit a timeout? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, again, chapstick from the 850. Teddy is correct. Recruiting is tough on kids that age. My kid hated the process, and I tried to keep the business in of it away from him. All he had to do was pick the school that fit him best. He still hated it because it had little to do with the sport. Uh, okay, one more. Sometimes not even adults get to make their own decisions. That's why I'm sitting in a movie theater parking lot in seven degree <laughs> weather waiting for my kids because their grandparents thought today would be a nice day to go to the movies.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. God
0: bless you. That so, is great. <laughs>
1: wow. Um, that's amazing. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back.
0: The Central Oklahoma view of GMC dealers. Bringing you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, steady Layman I'm live at the Riverwind Casino where they've got over 2,800 electronic games and all of your favorite table games. A great poker room, the best bars and dining. And on New Year's Eve, you can win your share of $165,000 in cash and bonus play from noon to midnight right here at the Riverwind Casino. All right, so we're not on the air tomorrow, a PSA to everyone So at 420 on Fridays, we do our uh, Under the Radar uh, segment, brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures, by the way. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at boystreetventures.com. Let's do this for the Under the Radar player. Um, Text line, you can text us your Under the Radar player from this 2023 recruiting class or, since the big news of the day is Peyton Bowen signing with OU, In under-the-radar, you know, something under-the-radar about Peyton Bowen that maybe we're not talking about and others aren't talking about, but you like something in particular about Peyton Bowen and what he brings. I guess I can start. I'll I'll do that exact thing. And I'll say under-the-radar, though I don't really know how under-the-radar it is, Peyton Bowen is a five-star because of his ability as a safety, but, dude, he is a big-time returner, and he was a big-time returner at Denton Geyer. I don't know, like, if there's plans for him to be a special teams player at OU, but if those plans are indeed in place, um, he got a chance to be a really good one, man. Really good returner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, like a lot of players in this class, um, there is a bunch of position versatility. He's a safety, but... I could also see a case where he plays maybe a, a different role in some of their sub packages. I could see him possibly being a nickel or a cheetah. I could see him possibly being um, the six-pack DB, the six DB that they bring in in some, uh, some different stuff. You talked about returns. Um, I think position versatility is always a, a critical factor, especially in college football where you can use some of these guys in different roles. And uh, I think that's one of the, the things that maybe doesn't get talked about enough with him.
0: Under the radar player in this class, who are you uh, you going with? You mentioned an offensive lineman earlier that you really like. Is are you going with Logan Howland or someone else?
1: Taylor Wine. Yeah. Edge, that, that was a Edge late guy. get, too. Edge guy, um, a late get, was a virtual – unknown until someone came across him Oklahoma offered him and then the offers poured in from pretty much everyone six foot five he's 235 pounds just a fantastic looking player fantastic looking athlete um I think he's got some some really good skills to him I think he could turn into something really special I mean there's this class is full of guys that are under the radar the Marcus Strong kid that they got late, the defensive lineman, doesn't yeah. hardly have another offer. From what I don't even—is there another Power Five? I school think Georgia in there?
0: Tech. Georgia Tech yeah. was like his best offer that he had outside of OU, of course.
1: Georgia Tech, but Oklahoma comes in and offers him. Um, there's a reason that they found this kid and offered him. It's not just they threw a dart at the wall and happened to cross a, a three-star player out of Florida. Like, there's a reason that they, they offered this kid. There's something there. I don't know what it is. I don't know enough about him. But I'd look out there for the lowest-ranked player in this class to actually be something special.
0: Kyle from Chickasha says, is Eric McCarty considered under the radar? Yes, he is. Sure. Will he be a running back at OU? I Don't they have plans for him to be in the a, a defensive back? I mean, he's one of the versatile guys that you're talking about, so you know, we'll see what actually happens. I think the plan for him is to play defense, though. Defensive back. Yeah.
1: From what I've seen, the plan is to play safety, defensive back, but I mean, just like anything else, all of those things can change. So uh, I would say right now, yeah, that's what I expect, but we'll see.
0: Uh, Peyton says, how about Caden Green? We haven't talked a ton about him, but I think he'll start as a redshirt freshman. That's their highest-ranked offensive lineman over there at tackle.
1: Um, You know, he's gigantic, loves to work out, big, strong kid, He's continuing to uh, to get his body into good shape and a uh, little bit better, um, um, I don't know, just build some athleticism, put on, you know, trim it down to where he's got more good weight. Uh, but, you know, Venables talked about him on signing day and said that he definitely sees him as a, a guy that can be a successful guard and help them right away. But, huh? Probably, like they obviously they want him to play tackle, but at a minimum yeah. he thinks they'll he'll he'll be able to play guard and and help really quickly.
0: Lane in California says, "How do you guys feel about Josh Bates as under the radar?" I absolutely think he's under the radar. Lane says, "Looks like a Ben Powers 2.0 at center." I feel like they've got, you know, some, some really tough kids at offensive line, hopefully a little bit of nasty to go in with that as well. Josh Bates absolutely is under the radar. Hasn't he been committed? Has he been yeah. committed longer than this staff August has been 21. a year, right? I think yeah. he committed before so, yeah. Lincoln's rat last year. I th- I think that that's right. Um, he seems like a really tough physical kid, though, like what you want as a inside offensive lineman.
1: Yeah. Well, he's got uh, he's got pedigree. His dad was a was a center, I believe, at Colorado in the '90s when they were really good. Um, you know, he's he's been focused on that position. He's been locked into that position. He wants to develop at that position. Coach Venables talked about going to see him. Lives in Durango, Colorado, and out in the country. Just uh, he was talking about how beautiful like their where they live is just in the country, surrounded by mountains, just just really, really cool. Um, said his family's fantastic, and he's put in a ton of, of really hard work. And, you know, we'll see. Like, I, we need a center, right? And with Rame again injured and going to be missing, like, very valuable developmental time again through the offseason, right? Someone's going to have to step in in that spot and start getting – uh, you know, some reps there. And I don't necessarily know who that's going to be. I, I'd be shocked if they have a true freshman out there taking uh, any of the one or even the two reps at center. But is going to find a way to work him in for sure.
0: Uh, let me read a couple more. You'll like this one. Under the radar recruit is Case and Calumas. Heredity is a powerful thing. <laughs> As for Bowen, his speed makes him a dangerous returner if the staff uses him in that role. I mean, we can talk individually about Case and Kalmas, but I just, I love their approach to the preferred walk on and kind of the walk on program. You get someone like Case and Kalmas, who, you know, I mean, we know his background, right? And where he comes from. You got a couple of kids from Bixby. I like that. We saw last year with Gavin Freeman. Um, you got Chapman McCown from Norman North. He's a walk on. They are uh, they're 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 putting more emphasis on that, and I think that's a really 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 good idea. A really good idea.
1: I agree. I do too. I think it's uh, I think it's good. And they'll probably, as this recruiting class and transfer portal get settled a little bit, and they kind of see where their roster sits, it wouldn't shock me if you saw some more walk on guys um, start to start to make the rounds.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mustang kid, so under the radar, forgot his name. That's Jacoby Johnson. This text says, where does Jacoby Johnson project at OU? Here's another highly athletic kid that you can probably do multiple things with, but he's listed as an athlete, and I believe the plan for him as well is to be a defensive back as of right now. Emphasis on as of right now for a lot of these kids.
1: Yeah. man. There's there's a lot of like – got a bunch of defensive backs that are – Bigger, athletic kids that have played all over the field. Um, you know, Jacoby Johnson is – he's not small. He, he, he's got some good length to him, listed at 6'3", 185 pounds. Um, you know, has some good length. Basketball player. Basketball player, stud basketball player. You know, there's there's several players in that secondary. Like Macari Vickers is an ab- absolute dude uh, at safety. Uh, you know, he came on. We interviewed him. He's got a really good personality, man, very outgoing, big smile. Um, he's a, he, I think he's going to be a fan favorite.
0: Mr. OU hits us up. What's up, Mr. OU? Good evening, gentlemen. I had hip surgery replacement this morning. Everything went great. Thank you, Sooner Nation, for support, prayers, and more. Boomer Sooner for Life. So Mr. OU just had hip surgery replacement this morning. Dang. One week until the Cheese it Bowl. What are the odds that we still see him in his giant Mr. OU hat and still sitting there in Orlando a week from today? I feel like they're probably pretty good odds.
1: I think he'll be there. Um, he may have to walk uh, to get there, but I think he'll make it. Somehow, some way. he'll show up is my guess, which we haven't talked much, uh, and rightfully so, about the upcoming bowl game, but um, I hope he makes it down there.
0: Yeah, I do, too. I I bet he finds a way. Uh, You sound much happier reading the text line today compared to yesterday. Woo! Uh, That's the understatement of the century. Were you 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 um, acting
1: like me yesterday? Were you wanting to quit, never do radio again? Was it one of those days for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, And that happened at, like, 2.30 yesterday. Well, (laughs) no, it happened at about 3.15 after we aired the uh, Ticeli Akana announcement live. I thought that would be a good idea. And I think everyone hearing him say that he's going to Texas just pissed him off even more, so that became a terrible idea on my part. But yesterday was one of those days where, you know, I'd say something to the effect of, hey, there is no other way to say it. It is a really tough day for OU recruiting. And I get all all these people saying, like, quit being a Debbie Downer. There's some really good things about this class. And then I would transition and say something really good about this class and be called a homer. So I – Yesterday was one of those days you couldn't win. Maybe it was a good thing that you were off. I I don't know. Something would have burned down most likely.
1: Have we heard much about the Texelia Kana situation like what went on there? Um just the Texas I guess like,
0: Texas really he's Texas been really with Texas the, for a while, right? I, I not really until like 24 48 hours before signing day. Um, apparently, I don't know, maybe Texas put together a really strong NIL package. I don't know. I, I'm sure that they did to some extent, but his sister plays volleyball there. And I guess they pitched that pretty hard and maybe that was a strong push for them. But who, who knows that, but that was, that was a tough one yesterday. Yeah. But all that yeah. disappointment doesn't seem to exist. Who cares? You got Peyton Bowen and you didn't think that you were, you were going to,
1: well, here's the, um, Here's one of the good things about uh, the current landscape of college football is you never know what may happen, right? You never know what may happen. The transfer portal is real, and some of the guys that you miss out on, you may have a a second-round opportunity with those guys in the future. After someone's gone through the painstaking ordeal of trying to develop them, teach them college football, get them up to speed as to what it's like to to play at this level, and then you just come in and swoop them after they've done all that training and and education.
0: And, uh, you know, you just never know today when it comes to, uh, you know, where they're going to sign. Yeah. Uh, We found that out yesterday. Yeah. I am not telling you that they're going to get David Hicks. I'm not telling you Ooh, to get your
1: hopes up. Listen to do this. Do not get
0: your hopes up. Don't do not listen to this. Change Tyler's got channel. a crystal ball. Don't in listen for to this. David Hicks to
1: Oklahoma tomorrow. <laughs> to wow. Texas
0: A&M. Oh yeah. Now just pay attention to it. Just it, it's an announcement, and I say pay attention to it because we found this out. Any God, anything could happen. Like Peyton Bowen showed us, anything could happen with any announcement. So. David Hicks is going to announce tomorrow, supposedly. So,
1: Do you think – let me ask it. you this. I don't know if Peyton Bowen and David Hicks have ever met one another, but does Peyton Bowen coming to Oklahoma and kind of the momentum of the class have anything to do with it perhaps? Or is I, that a, just I, a no? I do
0: because, yes, you know, because yesterday we thought, well, you know, Peyton Bowen going to Oregon, Jeez, is David Hicks going to pick Oregon on Friday? Like that gives them some momentum. Yeah, I, I don't think that that would be an overwhelming reason for David Hicks to pick OU, but I think it sure it's a factor. Yeah, how much is it? Is it enough to erase the massive NIL offer that I'm sure A and M has to David Hicks? Probably not, but it's something that works in your favor late in the game. I right. just here's why. Like again, I'm not telling anybody to get their hopes up. I I just I'm very skeptical skeptical of someone that is announcing two days after signing day. And I know that David Hicks, I think he was at like a memorial service for someone yesterday, I think was the story, but I don't know. Cormani McClain didn't announce on signing day. Maybe Colorado's got a chance there. Peyton Bowen didn't actually sign on signing day. We saw what happened today. I am just very skeptical of things that don't actually happen on signing day and happen after. That's kind of where I'm at.
1: Right. I got you. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned.
0: It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Peyton Bowen flips to Oklahoma. He is signed with the Sooners, in case you haven't heard. It's time for what caught Teddy's eye, though. That's the important story of the day, right? Let's get to it. Story number one is.
1: Well, how about JT Daniels in the transfer portal once again huh jt daniels headed to rice rice of all places what do you think of that
0: well let's see he's played in the pac 12 he's played in the sec he's played in the big 12 and is rice in the american is that where they play uh his fourth conference so far he probably has more gear than anyone he probably looks like a uh He's like the Balfour of uh, Norman or something, but, like, with three or four different <laughs> school's gear in his closet. Must be nice.
1: Yeah, what's that thing called, fan? Uh, oh, gosh. I can't think of it. Fan um, Outfitters? Fan Outfitters, yes. He's, he's the Fan Outfitters. He's got it all. Uh, how about Jawan Howard going crazy on the sideline, telling his players, get your hands off me, man, after all he's kind of been through in situations like that? Dude's still on edge, man.
0: Don't you respect it a little bit? Yeah, okay. I i, res- I mean, I mean the, the fact that he's on edge like that. I guess. Um, I—I I, I don't know. I—I I actually didn't see that. Was that during the North Carolina game that they played? Yep. A couple of That's nights right. or last night, whatever. That's so, right. Well, hey, he's at a big time program. You got to have a little edge to you, I guess. Last one
1: I've got. Tyler, NFL Sunday ticket is on the move. It's headed to YouTube. For the 2023 season, Google buys it $2.5 billion per season. So um, I guess it's uh, actually, I think it's a little bit more than $2 billion per season. But um, the NFL was seeking $2.5 billion, but got it for just over 2 Been with DirecTV for some time. Um, what do you think? YouTube? Everything
0: I, going digital, man. Yeah, Amazon we, we has Thursday happen night.
1: at some point. Right. Yeah, Uh, I'm interested to see exactly, uh, the fascinating thing for me is, what's it going to look like price-wise? Because they hammer you on DirecTV for the Sunday ticket. So, I don't know. Everyone's wondering what the the price is going to be, if it's going to be super expensive uh, on YouTube like it is on DirecTV. We'll see.
0: I'm a red zone guy anyway, so that's kind of where I where I stick yeah. with mostly. Um, all right, I got a few here. I, I don't know if people realize this, but several bookmakers are saying that we had the biggest upset in college basketball last night in the last 30 years, at least, maybe even more than that. Now, we remember number one seed Virginia getting beat by UMBC, one, uh, the 16 over the one in the NCAA tournament. Some are saying that uh, Eastern Illinois' win over Iowa last night is a bigger upset than that. Eastern Illinois was a 32-point dog last night to the Iowa Hawkeyes, and they won the game outright by nine points over Iowa. 32-point dogs and won the game outright. Bigger upset uh, against the spread, significantly worse than Virginia losing to UMBC, uh, than Duke losing to um, uh, Stephen F. Austin, this was a massive upset that nobody's talking about, which is probably a good thing for Iowa.
1: Yeah. Um, what was worse, losing that game or losing the the number one offensive tackle in the country on oh, signing day. Yes. Was that to Bama? Yeah. Is that right? Or was it Miami?
0: Well, yeah, he, he no, it was it was to Bama. He Bama, an, I yeah. think he announced it the day before and then actually officially signed with Bama yesterday. Like not only did Iowa lose him, he was an Iowa kid. Right. Yeah, man, that one—that one was pretty tough. Jordan Addison, USC wide receiver, is opting out of the Cotton Bowl. You mm. think Tulane's got a chance to beat USC on January second in the Cotton Bowl? Yes,
1: absolutely, one hundred percent. They have a chance to beat them. Yeah, without a doubt. And I don't know what Caleb Williams' issue is, or not issue, but what his status is with his hamstring. If he's not a hundred percent, I'm assuming he will be. He's had plenty of time to recover. But if he's not a hundred percent, I'm I think Tulane will beat him. Right, they've already got a really good chance. Right, anyone who thinks Tulane is just some non-power five school, they're legit. They beat Kansas State in Manhattan. They've got uh, uh, one of the top ranked defenses in the country. They've got an athletic dual threat quarterback that we've seen play and and know how uh, talented that guy is, yeah, they've absolutely got a chance.
0: Uh, Last one I have, Uh, Jimbo yesterday offered his thoughts on the current state of college football. He said, uh, well, I knew eventually (laughs) there would be pay-for-play, but I did not know it would be NIL like it came about. The problem with all that is there's no consistency of rules, and then when you get into the transfer portal, there's so much tampering going on, it's utterly ridiculous, it's a joke, it's an absolute joke, we are only in college football. That's what Jimbo said verbatim.
1: Yeah. And then he says that right after they flipped Ole Miss's quarterback, and yeah. the dude announced it. And then right under it, he said one word hashtag NIL. Right? Yep. Jimbo Fisher, I'm sorry. He has to be one of the biggest douchebags ever. To go on and say something like that and act like. He's not one of the top people out there right now that is pushing this to where it is right now. It's just, it's insane, and but that's he's a why. Victim of it, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I loved what uh, Lane Kiffin responded to it with just the, you know, the face on the or your your hand on your face, like, oh my god, am I really witnessing this? Like, it's the perfect response because the dude has. Maybe the least amount of self-awareness that I've ever seen, especially as someone at, at the the level of the occupation that he is. Like he's he's one of the highest paid coaches in all college football, and just has no clue what the hell he's talking about.
0: I agree. Actually, last one. Um, this was from yesterday, so maybe the temperature outlook has changed a little bit. But here's some of the uh, forecast for these NFL games on Saturday. Uh, feels like temperature. Bills at Bears, negative 11. Seahawks at Chiefs, negative six. Saints at Browns, negative nine. Texans at Titans, five degrees. Falcons at Ravens, seven degrees. Raiders at Steelers, negative four degrees. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be cold across some of these NFL games coming up on Saturday, which makes for awesome TV, in my opinion.
1: Titans and Texans, unless I missed one, is the warmest game at seven degrees. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy, man.
0: Well, Falcons and Ravens will be seven degrees. Texans and Titans will be five degrees. So, yeah, but pretty close.
1: There you go. Just incredible stuff out there. Uh, Super cold. Wind still blowing like 30 miles an hour here. I saw a video of of a cop with his view out his windshield in Wyoming, and you can't see six inches in front of his windshield at all. It's just, it Sweet. looks like 100-mile-an-hour winds blowing snow straight sideways. Sounds it's fun. crazy. <laughs> uh,
0: no thanks. All right,
1: let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next.
0: The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC Dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Peyton Bowen flips to Oklahoma. He is signed with the Sooners. In case you haven't heard, now you have. Here's the current 2023 recruiting rankings a day after Signing Day Part 1. Alabama is the number one overall class. Georgia at two. Texas at three. Miami at four. And there's the Oklahoma Sooners with 25 commits at number five with three five stars. Entered uh, the day as the number eight class. They are now the number five class. And Oregon dropped from seven all the way down to number 11. They were squarely in the top ten. They are out of the top ten just because Peyton Bowen decommitted today. So that's how big of a... uh, factor one five-star player was this afternoon. It's pretty big. Well, I guess we don't have Teddy. We will get him back shortly. The rest of the top 10, Ohio State at six, LSU at seven, Notre Dame at eight, Tennessee at nine, and the Clemson Tigers coming in at number 10. Again, in case you missed it, uh, Peyton Bowen flips to OU today. OU got a another commitments actually too, not from the 2023 recruiting class. They got a player via the transfer portal, Reggie Pearson, uh, Texas Tech to Oklahoma. He is actually, if you remember the, I think it was the first play in overtime where Dylan Gabriel got lit up. Uh, that was Reggie Pearson who made that hit on Dylan Gabriel. 174 career tackles. He'll have one year of eligibility at OU. He was a two-year starter at Texas Tech. That's OU's fourth portal ad. And uh, a big one, can join the team whenever. He doesn't know exactly when he is going to join the team, but uh, he can join the team actually whenever he wants. Peyton Bowen, by the way, he is going to be an early enrollee. And uh, OU has several players that are going to be early enrollees. Here's the list. P.J. Adebare, five-star, is an early enrollee player. Five-star quarterback Jackson Arnold will enroll early. Uh, Juco corner Kendall Dolby, offensive lineman Caden Green, Josiah Wagner, Caleb Hicks, Dalen Smothers, Josh Bates, Derek LeBlanc, Ashton Sanders, Phil Pachotti, Eric McCarty, and Macari Vickers uh, were all uh, joined this class as early enrollees. So the number five overall class, you're going to have a lot of those true freshmen there for spring ball, uh, which is a really, really good sign. And now, what do you look forward to? Well, if you're OU... I I don't know if you want to look forward to it because we've seen how this recruitment has gone previously, but David Hicks will announce tomorrow. The crystal balls are still in for Texas A&M, so don't overly get your hopes up about this one, but David Hicks will indeed sign tomorrow, seemingly with A&M, but will there be an Oregon and Oklahoma hat on the table? Uh, Potentially, yes. Final hour of The Rush coming up next right here on The Ref.